into the it is Monday, the 18th of October. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. I'm Tim Gilbert, joined by Shane Lee. Now, Shane, you had your first weekend out of lockdown. What did you do? <laughs> I was locked in. Uh, my wife, Lorraine, had a girls' luncheon on, mate, on Saturday, so I was on kid mining duty. But I, I did have a few beers on Friday afternoon at the Oaks, mate, so that, that was quite nice to have a few beers with the boys. So a quiet one uh, was in need. Yeah, the weather was beautiful, and uh, there was so much cracking sport about. Of course, Nature Strip won the Everest. We'll talk about that. The World Cup cricket underway, the T20 World Cup cricket, and what an upset there. And Nathan Buckley's next career move. We'll also talk about that. Let's get going. Now, there's nothing like a healthy head of hair. Shane, when I first met you, those blonde flowing locks, well, they had a life of their own. Yes, Timmy. As they say, look after your hair and everything else will take care of itself. Now, I've got something for you too, Timmy, even with that silver fox look. It's called main hair care. Oh, main hair care. I know it. I absolutely love it. Yes, mate. Specialised men's hair care. Targeting scalp conditions to stimulate scalp and over time improve growth. Oh, it's a fantastic product. It really is. I also note that it's all Australian, fully organic ingredients, Shane. Yep. Not only will you look good, but the scent is just wonderful. Main hair care. I'm going to get it on today. And that's spelled M-A-N-E, main hair care. Now, Shane, look, the World Cup, the T20 World Cup, it opened last night and uh, it was really interesting. Did you see any of that opening ceremony with the, the marching band? And uh, look, these are all the, the like so-called minnows uh, of the Cricket World Cup and then it really steps up a gear in a couple of weeks' time. But it was an interesting old start. Yeah, interesting old start, mate. Uh, Scotland had a really interesting win over uh, Bangladesh, Timmy, with um, the Scott Greaves from Scotland scoring 45 of only 28 balls and reducing... Um, Bangladesh to 7 for 134, taking the, the biscuits there, mate. So uh, interesting start. But, yeah, it's a, a lot of minnows playing prior to the Super 12 phase of this tournament. And um, hopefully we'll see a few more upsets. Yeah, so we've got about eight of these teams. Papua New Guinea's in there. I was surprised to see mm. Sri Lanka there. But uh, uh, two of the teams will then go through to that next phase where you will have West Indies, Australia, England, and so on. Yeah, it'd be interesting to watch, Timmy, to see how Australia goes in this tournament. Um, not the great greatest preparation from the guys coming from all around the world to uh, to join this one. So I think we might see a few more upsets, as, as mentioned, Timmy. Yeah, I watched that final from uh, a few years ago with the West Indies in England and that final over from Ben Stokes and the batting of big Carlos Brathwaite. Uh, didn't they go off like a frog in a sock, the West Indies? <laughs> and they still do uh, really um, – well, they don't completely dominate that setting, but they're very, very good in the T20 setting. So some explosive cricket on the way. Now, Usman Khawaja back in the runs. He is back in the runs, and um, he's failed three times his first three innings um, in cricket this year, but uh, he left the paddock with 158 not out. Um, some Also, some really, really good signs from Marnus Labashay, who will be our number three. I don't think you're going to see Usman back in the green and gold, but um, that was his 31st first-class 100, and um, still plenty of runs in old Aussie, but um, I don't think we'll see him back in the green and gold, mate. Yeah, the WBBL, that uh, Perth Scorchers Brisbane game went down to the, the super over, and crack, crack, that was over in, in a couple of minutes with Devine. Really good player from New Zealand, just smashing the ball. So 
a good win to the Scorchers there. Now, Rugby League, Craig Bellamy's put his foot down because we've heard all the talk and the chatter about what players are going to end up at the Dolphins. We know that Wayne Bennett is a fait accompli. There was talk that he's 99% done. I can tell you he's 100% done. They're just going through the final detail. And if, if you know, if history has anything to do with it, I'm sure it's about dollars and cents and that'll be sorted. But Craig Bellamy is uh, saying, well, no, these players aren't going to go to the Dolphins. Yeah, he's very defensive of his team and his roster, that's for sure. And, and so he should be. But uh, Wayne Bennett's saying he wants to put together a bit, a bit of an old Queensland sort of feel up there. Um, players sort of mentioned that he sort of wants to potentially poach a Cameron Munster, Christian Wells, Kafusi, um, and Harry Grant. But uh, Craig Bellamy saying no way he's going to let those guys go early in their contracts. So watch that space, mate. Very hard to stop in the end, isn't it? Yep. You know, particularly if there's money involved and, uh, you know, the bidding becomes very, very high and they want to go back home to Queensland. You've got Wayne Bennett on the other end. I can see what he's trying to do, but at, at some of them, or for some of them, it may be just impossible. Now, Peter Fitzsimons, he, he writes wonderful books, but he, he loves getting headlines when it comes to talking about uh, modern sport. He's actually leapt out of his uh, knowledge zone here, starting to talk about rugby league, saying that uh, the Redcliffe Dolphins or the Dolphins should keep part of their name. And I actually believe, I actually agree with Pete uh, Fitzsimons on this one, mate, and I think they do. He's sort of saying that, you know, they have a, a history that goes back to 1947, a very proud history. Artie Beetson played for the Redcliffe Dolphins, and just to walk away um, from the Redcliffe name in the area, he thinks is, is a big mistake. Maybe it's just a slow week in rugby union, mate, that's why um, Pete's sort of saying this sort of stuff, but um, I, say, I sort of do agree with him on this one. Yeah, I, I don't know if I do. It's difficult, and, and the reason why I don't is because it's just that this team has entered the NRL, the national competition. So it'd be like us saying, mm. you know, the Collaroy uh, Tigers are now playing the Brisbane Broncos. You, you, you just can't have such a – look, I know they have a proud and wonderful history and Artie played there, but, yeah, I just think that they can't go with Redcliffe. But, uh, anyway, they're not going with it, so uh, I suppose it's all it's, it's it. all grist to the mill. Now, um, a fan's been charged after running onto the field and allegedly punching a referee in a rugby league grand final. I mean, this is disgraceful. Yeah, call me old-fashioned, Timmy, but you can't run on the field and punch a bloody ref in the face. This is appalling. This guy should go to jail for this. Um, it's simple as that. Um, it was a, um, uh, a game between, I think it was the, the Tugan Seahawks and, and the Gold Coast in a reserve grade, um, and he's run on the field and just punched the ref straight in the face, and he was tackled by police not long afterwards. But, um, yeah, lock this guy up. That's appalling behaviour, particularly in front of a lot of kids at the footy. Oh, no. I just yep. – uh, they, they need to come down hard. Uh, this is yep. a really – look, we, we've been locked up, so we haven't been watching any sport, have we, to mm. be honest? But um, uh, they need to really come down hard with this kind of stuff. Behaviour on the sidelines uh, and some of the stuff that you hear people yell out at, at kids' games. Ridiculous. Yeah. Um, now, Nathan Buckley, he's got a new girlfriend. He's quit the coaches. Collingwood, he's got a new job. And, and look, it's no great surprise that he's going to head into the commentary box. Yeah, he's got a big gig with Fox Sports, and um, I, I think that was an ob obvious move for him. I think he's going to reassess his coaching 
at least for the next year or so, and and sort of see where the dust settles. But um, he'll he'll be very insightful, I think, in, a, in the commentary box for Fox Sports. Yeah, I think he's, he'll be a great commentator. Speaks so well, yeah. uh, an elite player, uh, coached, and the up and down. Well, they should have won one grand final, shouldn't they? They just should have won that grand final, and that could have changed his coaching career, but it didn't. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to listening to Nathan Buckley in the commentary box now. Ange Postacoglu and Celtic under. A little bit of pressure at the moment. He's under a lot of a pressure, mate, and um, I suppose he's going into probably the hardest run as a Celtic manager. He has seven matches in the, in the next 22 days. Uh, Celtic currently sitting in sixth position on the ladder, um, so he need, has, needs to have some really, really good performances here because if he doesn't uh, and Celtic sort of come out in around 10th, um, they, they don't take very well to that sort of stuff up there. So um, he needs to get some results quickly. Now, we talked about that person coming onto the field and striking a referee in the rugby league. Well, what about this incident at an Irish soccer game? And I was just watching it this morning. The goalkeeper's come out and blown up at his own player and not just blown up at him. He's hit him, hit him to the ground, dragged him up by his jersey. Absolute dickhead performance. Uh, and he got red carded by the referee. Seen nothing like it. Um, he, he Obviously, the goalkeeper's, you know, getting cranky with, uh, I think his name was Bobby Burns or Billy Burns, yeah. quite an Irish name, for, you know, not getting his defence right. But to go out and whack him, yeah, it's a poorly mate. His name is Aaron McCary. And um, look, we've all seen goalkeepers carry on like pork chops over the years anyway. They always carry on when, when a goal scored. They blame everyone else. You don't see him walking out and punching their own defender <laughs> that often after that. But that's what Aaron McCary did. And um, look, this stuff this stuff has got to stop. I know we're all coming out of lockdown and everyone's a bit angry and a bit cantankerous, mate. But you can't be going punching your own teammates, let alone running on the field and punching a ref. This stuff's got to stop. Yeah, McCary on uh, on his yep. own player. Yeah, the, the mm. player's name was Billy Burns that he struck, or Bobby Burns, or one of those uh, incidents. Yeah, I, I think he thought he was at the pub, but um, yeah, he may <laughs> he, he may face some real um, you know some real punishment down the track for for doing that striking your own player. All the other guys came around and just looked at the guys, thinking, "What are you doing, you fool?" Now, <laughs> rugby union, rugby union. This Wallabies team, they had a. Pretty good winter, really. Take take the Bledisloe Cup out of it, but wins over South Africa, the French. But they're going to be missing a key player for this tour of Japan and the UK, Marika Korobetti, to miss the Wallabies' spring tour. He's a big loss. He's a big loss. Um, I don't mind this, actually. Like uh, Korobetti was, our, uh, I think, our best player on the paddock um, for the three games against France. Um, he's been away from his young family. He missed the birth of his um, son. Um, he's got some other young kids as well. And just to not to be um, home um, after lockdown, I suppose, um, when the team's about to go over to Japan and the UK, um, they've all agreed that he's going to spend some time at home with his family and, and get it right for the next season. So um, a bit of man management there, and I think that's probably the right thing to do. It's, uh, it's a big thing to give up uh, missing the birth of your child. Um, which he did, and he, and he performed really, really well. The Wallabies are back on track, so I think it's a good move from the coach here. He, I mean, uh, it wasn't all uh, roses, though, was it? He did get on the piss one night and he missed one of the test matches. So <laughs> it's, it was an interesting old time for him. Now, look at this basketball. Uh, Josh Giddy is a precocious talent, isn't he, this uh, young guy? South Australian, I think, of origin. Uh, he's in the NBA, Aussie rookie, um, and he wants to play with Ben Simmons. Well, it's, this is a really interesting story because Josh Giddy just wants to play and Ben Simmons seems to he doesn't want to play and... 
Um, it's good to see a young, young Aussie guy, a guy with stars in his eyes and, and, and wanting to play and be involved in the big time. And on the other hand, you've got Ben Simmons who's whinging and just won't show up. And um, there's a real uh, real difference in opinion there. But um, they reckon it's Josh Giddy's got the goods, Timmy. Oh, yeah, no, he has got the goods. I've watched him play. He has a, a real talent. And, uh, you know, you don't get picked up in the NBA if you don't. And uh, mm. a great sign for the Australian Boomers team looking to Paris, which is less than three years away, of course, because when you think about it, the – Olympics of this year were really the 2020 Olympics, so we're not too far away from that either. So we wish him well. Hopefully the Ben Simmons drama will be sorted out over the next couple of weeks. But Dante Exum uh, lost himself some money. He did, mate. He, was signed, he signed a three-year, $15 million contract, which is not a lot in the NBA, mm. but, a, but a good start after a really, really good Olympics. Um, but now he's sort of been overlooked for the clash against um, San Antonio. So he didn't perform that well in, in three of their trial games. So... Yeah, I think he's uh, been put on the back burner a little bit here. A lot of sports are coming down hard on um, anti-vaxxers. We've seen it in the NBA. Of course, Kira Irving, who who also thinks the world is flat, but he is really struggling to <laughs> – he, he does. He, he said that. But, um, you know, he is struggling to even train for his team. But Andy Murray in tennis has come out and, and said he supports harsher quarantine for unvaxxed tennis players. Timmy, I went walking around Clontarf on the weekend to tell you that the world ain't flat, mate. <laughs> anyway, um, no, Andy Murray definitely come down, mate, and he said he will support uh, the Melbourne, um, particularly in the Australian Open, to come down, as you said, hard on anti-vaxxers. And I think they're going to have to, these tournaments. Um, for the tournaments just to run smoothly and, and get the insurances in place for their players, uh, it's a factor they don't really want to have to deal with, someone who's not vac- um, vaccinated. And um, I think they will make it really, really hard for players in the future to play in these big tournaments if they haven't got their um, vaccination passport. Yeah, until it settles, uh, which will probably be yeah. you know, another year and a half or a couple of years away, until it settles, I think we're going to see big sports continue to do this because it just unsettles the whole apple cart. It makes everything that they have to do 50 times harder if they know they've got to deal with this. They've already got fans in and and, and everything else. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch what all the different sports do. Now, it was... Uh, Run like clockwork on Saturday. I went out to Royal Randwick and watched the Everest. 10,000 people. Gosh, it felt like so many more. They got up and they sang Sweet Caroline. All the youngsters were <laughs> going off like a frog in a sock. And why wouldn't you? You know, the first day out uh, in, you know, they were saying it was the race that stopped the hibernation. And uh, it was a really hard race to pick. You know how much I love my horse racing. Mm. We do racing dreams on Sky News. I interviewed a variety of people like jockeys, trainers, owners uh, before the race and I think about 11 of them gave me 11 different horses but in the end (laughs) it was the favourite it was the Chris Waller trained nature strip with James McDonald on board and uh, you know a 15 million dollar race the richest race on turf yeah 6.2 million I think for the prize money for nature strip Mm. to win and First prize, yeah, yeah. and Chris, Chris Waller, well, what a superstar he is. Obviously, I think he won in 2019 with yes, yes, yes. Um, but as yep. you said, 10,000 people out of Ramwick, uh, there was a real buzz around, and um, I think people were just happy to get, get dressed up and the girls to put a bit, put their makeup on, and the guys to put a, you know, a nice bag of fruit on and, and get out there and have, have a cold beer and watch, watch some horses go around, mate. It must have been a really, really good time. 
Yeah, I popped a bit of makeup on, but I was working in television <laughs> out there on the day. So, and as you know, I'm not in it for my looks. You've got to be careful walking in heels and out, out, out the grass out there, mate. Yeah, I didn't put any lipstick on. But uh, yeah, look, it was a good day. And Kevin Anderson, the racing minister in New South Wales, also announced that there'll be 10,000 at all the big days coming up. And of course, the Melbourne Cup, uh, 10,000. We saw the Caulfield Cup run to uh, a no crowd and a great win to Peter Moody. Well done to him. So 10,000 for the Melbourne Cup. So hopefully the whole joint is moving in the right direction. Now, mm. let's look. Into the past, let's get our glaze on and get nostalgic for a moment, Shane. Um, SCG, you had a big day once. You played the whole day at the SCG, then you dragged out your acoustic guitar or your electric guitar. Tell me. <laughs> well, it was a fantastic day, and one of my good mates, a guy called Andrew Yates, who now runs KPMG, he's the, he's the boss there. Yeah, um, I've been, met him been, with you, actually. Yeah, really good bloke, um, and we played together cricket at Campbelltown and Mossman, but he came out to watch. We played a one-day against England at the SCG, and I had a good win. I think Brett and I both took three wickets each, and we won the match, and they advertised on the big SCG scoreboard post-match that our band Six and Out will be playing at um, Kitty O'Shea's in Oxford Street. So we, so we went straight We went straight from a win in the green and gold and um, and then played a gig um, on Oxford Street. My mate Andrew Yates at the end of the day, Shane, all I've ever wanted to do in life, mate, is either play cricket for Australia or play in a rock and roll band. You've bloody done the one day, you bastard. And, uh, yeah, it was a fantastic day. It was um, plenty of beers afterwards and then a, a rock and roll gig with Richard Cheekwee, <laughs> our lead singer, lead, leading the way after six and out. It was, it was an awesome day, mate, and great memories. Where did you hide Buzzard, uh, Brad McNamara, with his bass guitar? Yeah, well, he, well, he holds he holds the um, the lead guitar, Brad McNamara. Oh, lead, hiding, sorry, got it wrong. Yeah, we we, we always hide him behind a pole because he can't play it, <laughs> but always has the best uh, look on. Kitty O'Shea's on. You and I have bumped into each other there a few Sunday nights in the past. Yes, so that Neil Diamond impersonator used to make a couple appearances in there, didn't he? He sure did, uh, mate. Kitty O'Shea's, yeah. and also the one down at uh, Neutral Bay. He sure did, mate. Yeah, and uh, Sweet Caroline, as played out the Everest, mate. That was a, a big hit there on a Sunday night. Yeah, absolutely. A bit of Sweet Caroline, a bit of Crunchy Granola, a bit of Hot August Night. Yeah, that's a nice memory. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. A big thank you to our sponsors. Yeah, our fantastic sponsors, Main Haircare. That's M-A-N-E, mainhaircare.com. And our wonderful producer, of course, his name is Mr. Dan McHugh. Back tomorrow with your daily dose of sport. See you then, guys. Take care.